In this session, we'll tell you why everyone, yes, everyone, should play D&D. Wait, did I, did I read that right? Everyone? Join our adventure party as we delve into the social and cultural aspects of our favorite game, all while enlightening our taste buds with a random craft beer. So crack open your favorite bardic inspiration and roll initiative with us of Dice and Brews. Welcome to Of Dice and Brews. Um, this is our first episode, and and uh, we just wanted to take some time for to let you guys get to know each one of us who's who's on on this uh, podcast, and and get to know our background and our our relativity to each other. I'm gonna have each of my friends, both John, yeah, yep, and Andy, yo. Uh, roll a d20. Uh, I'm also going to roll a d20 because you don't know who I am either. And we're going to see who goes first in, in introducing ourselves in this inaugural episode of, of Dice and Brews. Of Dice and Brews. All right. So I, Ben, rolled a five. Are we getting any pluses for these initiatives? <laughs> you are not proficient in who introduces himself first. Big Nine. Matt, that's a high roll for John, by the way. That's a super yes, high yes, roll for yeah, John. That's, that's a high roll. Double digits are rare. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Big 15. Ooh. Andy, please tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Andy, also known as Andrew, also known as AG from time to time. Uh, Never heard that one. Not AD, AG. AG. Uh, you, you haven't heard that one, but a lot of the people that I do play with actually call me AG. Um, that's because I'm a, uh, like a part-time youth pastor, and so I run D&D for a bunch of teenagers. And uh, That's actually awesome. Yeah, that's, it's that's actually really cool. Pretty fun. How is that? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things you can't show up thinking you're going to tell this really in-depth story because at some point in time, teenage boys are going to do what teenage boys do. Yeah, <laughs> and and that in itself can be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I met these two cool cats and kittens. Um, John's a kitten. wait, wait, who's the kitten? <laughs> John's a kitten. I think I think you're the youngest here. Definitely not. The no, kid. I just think New Year. It, I mean, it's it's the beginning of the new year. Are you starting a trend? No, I'm I'm thinking of like this time last year we were all watching Tiger King. Oh. So <laughs> kind of like throwing it back. Oh, not let's leave 2020 in the past. Well, you know. Nada. Anyway, so uh, I met these guys, what, 2017, I think? Been a little bit. Or 2016. Dude, at this time, I don't know. This time of my life, years kind of just meld together. Let's just say it's been. I want to say it's been like four. four yeah, it's been four five. years. Five. We'll go five years. Has it been that long? Jeez. I want to say it's been five years. I mean, we, we, well, weren't, out, we weren't out here. In, in Emma's three. Okay, so it'd be four years because I know that when I first started playing with you guys, Marie wasn't pregnant. Mm. And that's my family. That's your <laughs> Anyway, uh, maybe we don't want to bring kids into this and we need to restart recording. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I've been playing for four years. I've My only real experience with the tabletop version of D&D is 5th edition, but I was really into Neverwinter Nights when that came out on PC back in like, what, 2000 something? And I believe that was based on five or 3.5 or something. Anyway, I don't know. That was my, my stuff with uh, D&D. You, you told us a really cool story about um, uh, your first um, um, introduction to D&D where you stepped in and you Jaegered. Oh, yeah, yeah. So actually, my first ever playing d and I don't even know what version we were playing. 
I just was handed a character sheet, and I, I mean, it might have been. Here's some edition. numbers. Uh, roll a dice and add these numbers. Yeah, to it. It, it was it was one of those things, and it was um, this guy that I knew. Uh, my best friend growing up uh since rest in peace he he passed away earlier last year um but he had a, a campaign that he was running and his dad was the dungeon master and i literally show up and i'm sitting around this table with like five other guys and then jim's over here and he's doing this and i'm like looking around and it's like this guy's just making shit up i don't even is this really what the game is Absolutely. Shit up, you know? Welcome to D&D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I look at the character sheet and I'm like, okay, I, what am I seeing? And the one thing that stuck out was chaotic neutral. And it was something where we were like in a town and this guy had information or no chaotic good. And so my thought was, is okay, chaos for the good of the party. Okay. So this guy's not giving us the information. I'm just going to start punching him until he gives me the information because he's a bad guy anyway. What do I care? Right. You know, it's for the good of the party. I still see that play in some of your characters you play. Yeah, today. I, I get it. Pim. Pim. <laughs> the legendary Pim will return. Yeah, but but he, I just remember playing that and just being like, okay, chaos. I am to sow chaos, or that's what I like is yeah. chaos. And you uh, read super deep into the. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know what this character was, and well, it was. I think it was like a level two because he only had like fourteen and hit then points on top or of something that, like that. Jaegering for those. Uh, at oh yeah, home, yeah. I mean, Jaegering means you take up the mantle of something already already there already existing yeah so like if so he's piloting yeah a if character i wasn't that already if existed. i wasn't here to play a session and everybody wanted to play they'd have somebody we else would come just in write and you off like you would be dead yeah if you don't show up you die at my table that's true that's, that's harsh it's harsh but it's that's ha- what happens when i dm but why do you think there's so many character sheets hanging out <laughs> hanging above us right now? just for reference there's zero there is zero but i mean we have been talking about I was for a the, long time i was the very first one to die at this table and it was my character funny. sheet is still not anywhere it, to be seen oh oh well john how about you introduce yourself yeah. to the oh masters? all right all right i'm john i i've been playing DD. ben actually introduced me to um hi i'm ben yeah he's been uh <laughs> It's about to D&D time. D- in, in, in this time of my life. I, I actually did play a couple times uh, in my teenage years. Um, not really knowing what I was doing. We just had character sheets and a, and a friend's buddy, um, or actually a friend's uh, stepfather, telling us a story. I have no memory of it at all, but I know I played it. Um, but what well, we've been playing for seven years now? Yes. I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think about seven I'm, years. I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, honestly... It feels like it was just yesterday, but at the same time, it's been quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, in the in the the spectrum of D and D, we are still pretty new. Seven years isn't a long time, but uh, feels like a lifetime. I feel like we went through like we've been through three editions now. Like, I yeah, mean, Pathfinder Five well, E, and now Pathfinder Two E. Even though nobody's played that, but we're still around during that time. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna well, count it as an edition crossing. We well, were around. Fair, during four, no, we We've weren't been around, around during since four. second edition. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking about like play experience. Well, okay, okay, play experience. Yes, okay. And no, no. Five E came out in 2000. And Five, it's been around for like six years now. Okay, I, so no, we we haven't yeah. really been playing at all during the four E generation. No, but we were playing Pathfinder, so we don't know what was going on with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I which know. at this point, I would like to um, say that Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition is my premier choice of tabletop rule set and how uh i would i, I would agree i would agree I, I i don't know anything really about 4e I, i've looked at the player's handbook and i've read the player's handbook for 4e and just little does he know he just opened up a whole can of worms everybody that's gonna leave a yeah. comment <laughs> oh, yeah. 4E. Ah! 
Fori. Ah. <laughs> oh, you'll get those random ones. Fori, Fori was so much better than 5D. <laughs> Actually, no, there's one there's thing one. that I use in that's 4E. Is that's minions. minions? Oh yeah, minions. I, I are think awesome. everybody uses that one. I don't know why. That that's the only thing I took from that. amount of one hit point character. That's the only creatures. thing I took from that one YouTuber who won't be name, nameless. <laughs> but that's the only thing I took from him. Good advice. <laughs> you know, for somebody who talks fast, I thought you would like him. <laughs> oh man. Oh anyway, God, who are you? Oh. Uh, other than that, though, no, I'm just a family man, and and I got two kids, a fiance, work, trying to start and, our own and business. And you, you DM for your family as well, don't you? Oh uh, yes, yes, I uh, I do. Uh, I run a starter. I, I'm doing one of the starter kits for um, my fiance and a couple of her cousins because they got interested into and, it. And what are the the age ranges? Like, are we talking about like young adults? Uh, no, we're, no. Uh, older. We're, we're talking probably like senior. The youngest citizen? is like twenty four, I think. Um, That's a young adult. They call it. Okay, <laughs> not a seasoned veteran by any stretch. <laughs> well, the, I think the old the oldest guy that plays with us is like thirty two. Yeah, that's an old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that make us? <laughs> Older, Older. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> Besides Ben, not that much. Fuck brother. you. Yeah, I guess I am the senior citizen of this group. You are, and I'm the young one. Uh, somehow. Do you got your uh, AARP card? <laughs> or just just put that paperwork in on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get that senior citizen discount at Denny's whenever they open up again. <laughs> right. Hey, Grand Slams are something to behold, man. <laughs> well, they're not good when you get DoorDash. <laughs> Of course no, not. They're so <laughs> you oh. eat that stuff hot. Oh, Nothing uh, I worse did, than I made cold that mistake. Eggs, huh? I made that mistake. Uh, all right. Last but not least, uh, I am Ben. You know what? This this whole group came together by us sitting around before sessions and kind of just shooting this shit, really. And I was just like, one time, like, hey, why aren't we recording this? You know, this yeah. is all stuff that that um, younger DMs and play groups go through and and face, and and not many podcasts or or YouTube channels actually talk about this stuff about yeah, the trials and tribulations of forming a play group or why are we playing or how people meet because of the game yeah mm-hmm. you're not getting your top fives no on this channel no no you're not <laughs> this is not a tasha's review people we're not going over how everybody should be about this isn't this isn't the 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 seven best multi-class options in dnt what feet should you take at level three no we're not doing that here <laughs> Anyway, I started D&D probably about seven years ago with John. He was probably, maybe a little bit before that. I would push it, I would say maybe I think you ran one, eight years. You got like murdered real quick in that one too, right? (laughs) Dude, I was so bad. Never go against what you describe your character to be. I was playing uh, a drow in the sunlight. Weird. Okay. Pathfinder. And I was playing a drow and he was like a pirate king kind of thing going on i written this elaborate backstory as my first fucking character ever ever i written this elaborate like three-page character backstory so i can only imagine when i handed it to the dm he was like what the fuck is this isn't that what and we just all do with the first character i don't know but at the same <laughs> no, time like, one I can paragraph only, now i can only like three lines are you kidding me? <laughs> like what's the last campaign that i put you guys in i was like hey you guys get one fucking memory <laughs> i don't want to deal with your fucking background shit so anyway so like i wrote this elaborate like three-page fucking backstory for this character like dude i'm gonna i had him planned out man he was gonna be this fucking his family got murdered he was looking for his fucking like 
my name is Amigo Montoya. You <laughs> killed my father. Prepared to die, kind of strategy. <laughs> and and in the first session, I went against every fucking thing that I told my character he wasn't going to be. Is that he was going to be the loner? He was going to be fucking all about himself. And I tried to save somebody. Guess what? I died by some poison darts from some fucking frog toad things shooting <laughs> in the trees that were fucking. Oh my god! Invisible. What are those called? Bully wugs. Yeah, bully wugs. Bully wugs. I think. But anyway, we didn't even know that much. So that was my first experience with 3.5, and that, let's needless to say, I didn't go back to that table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you were playing. That was uh, with Andy's uncle. Andy's uncle over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, so I knew Andy's uncle before I knew Andy. Yeah, but Andy's uncle's brother was running the combat. So Andy's uncle was a DM, and then Andy's uncle's brother. Yep. Would that make it your uncle too? No. No. A- it's your, your uncle's brother isn't your <laughs> uncle? No, because he's my half uncle. So same. Well, that's confusing. We'll yeah, don't say, worry about yeah, it. We'll well, just say, I'm we'll my just own grandpa. It. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so his brother was running the combat. So it was like a dual fucking uh, DM thing, and dude, it was it was awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they were telling a great story, and, and God, the combat. I loved Andy's uh, campaign he did for us. The you mean Daniel? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like the, the story was intriguing. I was so so up in it, and then the combats were they were hard. But I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. You know what I mean? And then and yeah, then, getting in having having a somebody like Daniel DM for a brand new one. Like I love Daniel. It his, his gameplay is amazing. But as a new guy, I could see it being. <laughs> fucking strenuous <laughs> why didn't you read the book <laughs> yeah, the you, whole you book. should know every rule <laughs> and then read every forgotten realms novel ever invented <laughs> what does the love approach you, look like if you ever listen to this we t- we absolutely love you amen so anyway um <laughs> i i've been playing for about i'll say eight years now and and then i contacted john on when when a new um when a new campaign arose or or put itself out there and i i don't know if i was was i running that one was that mine was that the Thundercats runoff? No, our first one was... Oh, the guy. The, the guy. What? The guy. The guy with the oh. black dragon. Yes. The guy with the black dragon. Okay, so... Are we talking Ogre, Nin- Ogre Ninja Magi? <laughs> yes, we are. Anyway, so so we ran a campaign together and because I thought it would be jo- up John's alley. And then finally, I decided... We switched over to 5e at that point. Yeah. And I decided that I was going to try my my myself at DMing and throw myself to the, to the wolves. And... Um, um, you got stuck as Forever DM after forever that. Forever DM, labeled Forever DM after that point. Yep. Um, up until about six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was going to try my stick at it, and I ran the Lost Mine of Fandel versus Starter Kit, which is an excellent campaign adventure. Very uh, first DM friendly. Agreed. Uh, gives yeah. you plenty of options to write your own stories or go any direction that you want to. And and I'll and I'll even plug in the uh, the new Essentials Kit one. Um, oh yeah, we're, we're talking about me right now. Yeah, I, I Spire <laughs> Peak though. Oh, super actual starter DM. I played it friendly. twice, and neither one of those was the same. Oh, yeah, 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 you did. You what, level two, level three, level level two, level three, somewhere in there. That seems where all campaigns die is level three. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I I ran Lost Mine of Fandelver, and I had an ex like dude that that first experience I had both. That's where I got introduced to Andy. Yep. Is uh, at that table because we had Daniel at the table too, and then mm-hmm. we had uh, several other people, and that that play group honestly was like hands down the best play group I've ever played with. And I don't know if that's like the newness of it, but it just seemed like everybody was like down to RP. Everybody was down for combat. Like we had people standing around the table when it came to combat at 
time. Like everybody was just so involved. Well, one of the things that you did really well was, or that you did, I don't know if it was intentional, but you had like that, the, the platform like raised. So it was all eye level, which once combat happened, we had to get up and we had to get involved. There was no backseat. We get the blood flowing. There was no backseat. There was, yeah. Playing. You're not sitting down because you can't see anything at that point. Yeah. Which Everything I mean. Everything is above you. Maybe that's a topic we talk about sometimes. Yeah, maybe. I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I never even thought about that. Sunken Stand- table versus uh, elevated. Raised table? Yeah. yeah. Stand for battle, man. Wow. Anyway, right now we're, the we're using, uh, just for reference, we're using a, a, a sunk down table. So we all sit about four inches higher than the, the bottom of the table. The bottom of the table. Yeah. That, that, I, never even th- I never even realized that. That's crazy. Uh, epiphany lightning has struck my brain <laughs> anyway so i mean and so we all came together and 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 we've been playing in play groups ever since i mean people had to take their absences here and there but for the most part the three of us have remained pretty stable yeah we've yeah, had I interchanging think, uh, seats but i mean due to well besides various, me and andy that's what i'm saying no no me and andy have not changed seats from day one <laughs> Except for that time I had to sit over there. You were forced over here for a little bit, but other than that, you've been right there. In order to reduce side conversations, DM, please assign seats. Another Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Anyway, so like uh, uh, we, 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 we've maintained the three of us throughout different playgroups and different campaigns and different starts of campaigns and different people DMing or trying to DM. So we were talking. We talked. We run a campaign. I, ran a, I run a campaign every other Friday, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and you guys are both in it, and it's a homebrew campaign, but you guys are always come early. Always. Even if I tell you, don't come until this time, you guys always show up at my fucking doorstep early. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been here, like, they've been where I you don't at. Know if, You're not home yeah, yet. <laughs> I don't know if these guys actually have a home, or they just wait until Friday to show up at the doorstep. <laughs> John and I live in the, the trash can around the corner. In the alley? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like I said, so, like, we're, we're sitting around the table a couple hours early, and I'm trying to, like, scribble down, like, vigorously my DM notes like god damn it i needed another hour to prep and then uh we're talking and 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 i was like dude let's just start a pocket let's just go for it yeah and like these guys know me but i mean like you guys will get to know me like i when i do something i just <laughs> do it all okay the way. hold on for, for the audience <laughs> to get an idea uh he he shot this idea out to us uh on a I think tuesday a, a, on a yeah on a tuesday you like, know a few days after we just got done playing and he he he's like hey what about a podcast you know and actually it might and have been the next day it might have been a saturday it was okay. probably like a saturday like three weeks ago <laughs> yeah yeah it, yeah that's how fast this has came along uh that saturday he's like hey you know what about i think it was the next day after you know yeah, friday session we, i think i was next, more excited about the podcast than i was about the session yeah well not even Duh. not even tuesday came around around and we got we got <laughs> microphone headsets he's got a i don't know soundboard is that what you call that thing yeah i'm not a techie guy uh and within one week we're already like outlining podcast you know how how we're gonna run this we're i think in one week we got a logo <laughs> Yeah, there is a logo. <laughs> yeah, ben, listen, man, Ben dives know, head first. You never know it's gonna be real until you get a fucking logo. <laughs> yeah, and an intro music thing. But you know what? To your to your uh, enthusiasm and your your go getterness, I I don't know. It's I don't know if it did it for you, Andy, but it sucked me right in. And oh, yeah. now I'm sitting at home watching YouTube videos of like how to start a podcast, how to start a podcast, how to steps in monetizing you know, your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm watching all the YouTube. Like I don't know nothing about this. Time to cram. So you guys are. <laughs> 
literally witnessing something happen from a bunch of people who don't know what we're doing. We're just learning yeah. as we go. And I think, come along with us on this journey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is our adventure that we're doing right now. Speaking of our adventure. We're going to do a uh, beer review. Yeah, too. I think it's time. I think it's time. Like, speaking of an adventure, let, like, like, let's enough, enough about us. Let's talk about you. Okay. We, do got, we got some beer to drink. Have a pint, take a break, and relax. It's my favorite part of the show. So tell me, boys, what's on tap? Our first beer of our inaugural season, of our first session, we'll even call this a zero session, if you will, is, um, what's the name? <laughs> Hibernation Ale. English-styled old ale by the Great Divide Brewing Company. And to me, it tastes like a... Almost a Guinness IPA hybrid. It's yeah. got some. It's got a very, very nice stout um, foreshadowing with some uh, IPA bitterness in the after. Oh, it's got divination magic in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would call it illusionary. <laughs> it, it, I, I, the I can is pretty. Pers- <laughs> personally, I'd call it necromantic. John's <laughs> not a big fan. The best way I would describe it. I mean, it's it's a it's. We're up here in Washington, so we're very aware and very acquainted with Red Hook Brewing Company. To me, this is a is a a bigger malty, bigger. Don't hop you connect this to Red version Hook? Of don't you even don't you connect Red Hook to Red ESB? Get the hell no, out! No, 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 no. I bet no. if we side by side of these, this 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 beer is like they took the the. No, it's not even the same color. Well, of course, it's no, not the this same is, color, but I'm saying flavor-wise. No, I, I personally, I strongly I pick, disagree. I, I picked this one out. I, I yeah, purely off of because it was seasonal, and I know Andy doesn't like IPAs, and I saw this was God, an ale, no. so I was like, oh, ale. I, I, I'm not a beer connoisseur like Andy actually is. Uh, I didn't know what an English-style ale was. It turns out to be like a, a really, really heavy stout which i like stouts i love i love guinness and murphy's and and a lot of those other stouts ninkasi brewery i think does a really good stout they do a really good oatmeal stout that's for sure yeah, yeah they do. i'm not a fan of whatever this is i don't like it <laughs> it's uh, english it, it it's yeah they should just stick to frying fish and making ale. beef stew yeah if, <laughs> if if you well frying fit okay um <laughs> i don't even think they what? fry fish they uh they fish and chips where do you think yeah. that comes from is it even fried over there yeah they fry it <laughs> Well, it's I'm definitely not fucking sushi. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I thought boiling was their thing. Boiling I mean, everything. I, think they, I think they boil like the Potatoes? eel and stuff that they eat. Obviously, never been to England. Anyway. No knock on English. I actually like a lot wow. of English food. If I from from my experience, if I was going to equate this to any other beer, it would be a Red Hook ESB. This guy's no, off his rocker. It would be. I, I really don't think he's good. ever ac- actually had a. Yeah, I love ESB. I love Red Hook ESB. This is horrible. Totally get it, but this is what would happen if you took the bitterness and the maltiness. And just like cranked it to 11, which isn't what makes ESB good. It's a balanced beer. This is not a balanced beer. No, That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Okay, so the guy on the can, the guy on the can is like a skier or maybe like a cross country guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cross country skier. I feel like he's trying to run away from this beer. I think it's a re- actually a really horrible uh, logo, shadow silhouette, whatever that is. Ladies of. and gentlemen, I just want to let you know that this is not a bad beer. It's just... 
we don't uh, like it. Hey, what's yeah. what's everybody the, likes what's the name of the company again? Great Divide. The out Great of, Divide. We're giving them. We're not knocking you in any way. I'm no. just personally not a fan. And of And if this. you have a better beer, uh, send it to us. Yeah, we'll and, try it. And we'll Andy actually once. likes this one. Uh, I personally am not. I I will continue if I see your your beer. Your brewery out there again at Total One I'll More or something. I'll shit on you and fucking curse your name. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll try another one. I'm not one to, uh, to the next disqualify season. you after one. Next time in Denver, I'll get a growler. I'll bring it in. We'll yeah, it. I'll try something. I'm, I'm on the fence. Like this, If this was at a party and I saw that this was what they were serving, I wouldn't shy away from it. Oh, no. But at the same time, I, like, would I, don't, think I, would, I don't think I would go to Total Wine and More and purchase this off the shelf, personally. Which is what John did. <laughs> hey, give me another one, please. I got, we'll have I, got, another. I got the other six pack for next week in there. Do you got any more of those, though? Yeah. There's a couple more. Yeah. We're the only ones drinking it now. Yeah, I quit. I tried a second By one. By the way, it is 8.7%. Like yeah, so if, yeah. if you're into that, get yourself some Great Divide Hibernation Ale. I just say it, it's, it's, it's just it's a big it's a big beer. It's it's too big. Did you want Can one I too? Have one? Yeah, I mean, like you're gonna go to the refrigerator. You might as well get everybody one. Hey, that's a nice sound. All right, so on to our first topic or our only topic today. Okay. Of, you, uh, all right. Hold on. hold on one second. In Great Divide's uh, benefit, you know, I like to play the devil's advocate. Yes, you do. I'm over here drinking a truly <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> he, uh, we're gonna bring him a rosé next week. <laughs> I was thinking more like a barefoot wine. Yeah, yeah, a barefoot bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring the yellowtail and you're the fourteen for you. You're not alone because guess whose Trulies those are? Yours. <laughs> I, I brought the Trulies. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> first topic of our initial session: why we believe that everyone should play D and D. And I'm going to start off. I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Dungeon Master card, and even though we rolled initiative and Andy rolled a fifteen, well, it's a new 15. battle. It's a new battle. I feel like it's the same one with this, you guys. All well, this is a <laughs> different initiative. Yeah, this is a completely different <laughs> initiative. But I'm gonna pull DM card. I'm gonna pull legendary action, and I'm gonna tell you why I think that everybody should play D and D. No, it's not and a legendary action. This is a layer action. A layer action. <laughs> And uh, so my reasoning for everybody playing D&D is, is we've talked about this before. We've had this conversation. Um, so this is kind of rehashed, but it, it needs to be brought up again. And, and John, you made this, this statement to me the last time that we, that we, or to us, the last time we talked about this. And you say that, you said that D&D imitates life. Mm-hmm. And I will strongly agree with that. I think that's the premier argument or or statement that needs to go go with this is that D&D is life simulation pretty much you get to create a character from nothing just like people are born from we don't know where we we were well, from our mother and father of course but you're born Aliens. without you're born with seramorphosis <laughs> you're born without a clue to who you are as a person and you go through life assimilating skills and knowledge just like in D&D and you choose a path of which you which you want to travel, just like D&D. And you equip your character with the skills. And as us as people, we equip ourselves with the skills we think are necessary to survive whatever life uh, throws at us. Obstacles, um, intangibles, all that other stuff, just like D&D. So what I think is that everybody should play in D- D&D because this game not only prepares you... For some of those obstacles, but it it's based on the foundation in which our society is based on, and that's communication. Yeah. 
if you don't have communication in our everyday life, then you, you don't you don't progress. Mm-mm. You don't go forward anymore. You're stuck. And not only are you um, left to your own own vices and devices, but you're also um, hindered in your ability to grow. Yeah. So I'm talking about like if I didn't have Andy and John to talk to, if I didn't have ideas to bounce off of them, if I didn't ha- get to communicate with them on even a weekly basis, because we don't communicate every day. But I mean, if I didn't get to communicate with my friends or my family every day, if I didn't get to talk to people, then what would I be? I, I would kind of be like a hermit slash, uh, what, what are some other words I'm looking for? Plastic here? welder. Yeah. <laughs> Like I would not, I would not be a full person. Like people are meant to be sociable or social, I should say, mm-hmm. relational. And yeah, absolutely. And, and let so me give like you a background about myself real quick. When I was in high school, I was fat, like huge. I was a huge kid. I was constantly made fun of, constantly. I, I have a gap in my teeth, and and I was constantly made fun of. Through sense of humor, did I find how to defuse those situations? But it hurt every step of the way. Oh yeah. So I I said to myself that these kids like to laugh at me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a fun of myself first. That way they have no ammunition to laugh at me cuz they already think that nothing can hurt me because they're I'm already laughing at myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those reverse psychology things. I think that D&D through the process of social integration and group conversation and problem solving gives kids and people the ammunition they need. To survive those social social situations, I can see how it can help them uh, definitely work out um, personal real life altercations that they might come across. Uh, you know, it's like running running life in a simulation. Uh, like you said, it is, it's a simulation of life. But I I can I can understand where you're coming from on that one. And I'm not uh, necessarily saying that that. That's going to solve your problems. But I'm saying that it might prepare you in order to be able to socially communicate how you feel to these people through problem solving by how you problem solved in your D and group. I'm pretty sure we all do this in situations. And we're, we're coming up to something in life where we're like, we're not sure of the outcome. Um, we run through scenario after scenario and we have full-on dialogues in our heads. Yeah, what life is not complete with full-on dialogues in your head? <laughs> or at you're, 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I should have said. Dude, that's, yeah. you know what? The funny thing is, is like that's when you do your best thinking is when you're laying awake, staring at the ceiling, <laughs> nothing else is going on, and that's it. Yeah? Yeah. No, I, I, that, I, I catch myself all the time listening to audiobooks, and then I'll, I'll, in my head, just go off in tangents about, you know, they, they bring up something in the book that I'm reading, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, okay. Let me let me think about that. And here's ten minutes later. I'm like, oh, what yeah, happened in the book now? <laughs> I do that Rewind. even when I'm reading, though. Like, I'll I don't even understand it's how those that's possible. trigger words, right? It's like you'll be reading and then you start, oh, yeah, and you're still reading. You're, I'm still reading, and I'm like, why am I four page? I don't know what has happened. Yeah, I feel like that way every time I watch an Ernest movie. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> like, Hold like, on, rewind. It's well, like that was really I, cool. <laughs> It's scary to think, but I know we've all done it because it, I've, I'm not the only one. Where yeah, you're you driving down, you're driving from one location to another location, and both don't are, close your eyes. Both are something that you've done thousands upon thousands of times, and you don't remember the space in between. You have no clue about like, oh, how how did I get here? Or you missed the exit I mean, on I'm, the freeway. I mean, <laughs> I was going here. 
I was going here, but I don't remember driving here. For me, it's usually <laughs> after work. It's like, you know, I get in the car and, and then I just, I don't know. I just somehow I'm home all of a sudden. Yeah. Kind of like when you're a kid and you fall asleep on the couch and your parents teleport you. I like to call it teleporting to bed. And you're like, I just did you that woke, to my daughter last night. <laughs> you wake up, you wake up and you're, you're like in your bed and you're like, how did I get here? I was on the couch. <laughs> it's a magic thing. I, but you know, to the point though, I, I I understand your point. Simulation of life. You you can you can role play out scenarios. You can work some inner uh, internal questions out. And, and as our as we re you know this is a rehash, but I, I still disagree. At the same time, at the same time, I don't think D and D is for everybody. Okay, so now we're gonna go into why this particular skill set or this particular rule set, I should say, is lends itself well to your argument or to your disbelief of the argument fifth edition rule set lends itself well to um any genre you can mm-hmm. reskin it as absolutely anything oh yeah and we're all witness to that we we watch many shows mm-hmm. that are reskinned as such we we read books that are reskinned as such we watch youtube that are are everything is reskinned it lends itself well to that because there's a lot there's less work into reskinning these rules for other genres such as like sci-fi wild oh, yeah. west it, modern it's easy to turn a a a bow and arrow a long bow into a laser rifle right that's not hard so and all the rules are there it's just all about your imagination which lends me to to my other reason why i think everybody should play DD because DD in my mind frees your mind frees everybody's mind it allows you to see things that you might not see through your own eyes well i would i would even go as as far as to say that it is a it provides a risk-free environment to make mistakes because at the end of the day it's just a game. Yeah. Um, but you, you still have this ability to try new things, risk things. Um, or want to. Or Not want ability, to. The, the want to, Yeah, period. because you don't have anything to lose because you're like, I'm just having fun. Isn't this fun? Right. Like As to where 16-year-old Ben would be like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to make an idiot of myself. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, and I, I was just reading this article um, that was talking about how uh, this particular person, um, this guy named Adam Davis, he's a co-founder of a D- Dungeons & Dragons therapy group called Wheelhouse Workshop. And he helps these, he, he plays D&D, runs D&D for these kids, and he had one kid kid that uh the article calls him frank obviously not his real name but he was a tall lanky teenager who barely spoke above a whisper and the kid chose to be a dwarf or a, a dwarven barbarian and while he was playing the game um adam was able to get frank to embody the character so sit like the dwarf would sit you know with his leg you know just kind of like lazy and his arms on the table and like out in front and be boisterous and stuff i mean this is a kid that obviously had social issues right and through D was able to break through some of that stuff now granted he's not going to show up to class as his you know dwarf barbarian dwarf barbarian gothar or whatever he named him but like you know i mean it's, it's a good name i just made it up i don't even know i don't even know if it's on here I just, I just said gothar i like g names gothar i wonder if it has something to do with my last destroyer. name destroyer but yeah i mean he I guess it says, it says it, gothar the destroyer yeah he just he went into barbarian mode and then this kid comes out of his shell and granted he's still gonna have some social awkwardness yeah but that's that's the start everybody exactly. needs a start and he was able to go, oh, 
It's okay to act like this. Right. In front of a group of his peers, I'm sure that they don't play those D&D games alone. Oh, no. So, like, that's the other thing. Is social anxiety? Like, in, in a time now where we're all behind a text, keyboard, uh, screen, tablet yeah. of any kind, social anxiety is at an all-time high. What happens when we go back to these, our, 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 our normal everyday lives and we have to confront the people that we haven't seen in months? Mm-hmm. Social anxiety for some people is going to be absolutely horrendous astronomical yeah yeah so D actually gives you a platform to almost put a screen in front of yourself and make yourself available to other people through another persona to conquer your social anxieties yeah yeah no i you know to to the point of not everybody that i i think not everybody should play is i like i've said this before is i i do not think the role-playing atmosphere or even even uh the the rules game type thing everybody's interest i i understand that you the the topic is everybody should play um not everybody wants to play because i don't think that i think there's a large group of people that they don't do games they don't do anything like that they have no interests in this and that's just not them and and to force it upon them or i'm not even force upon but like rigorously suggest it to them well i'm not i'm definitely not saying that we should force anything upon no that's why that's but at the same time, like I believe that okay, so even even though like let's say let's say that you were one of those friends from let real real quick. Go for I it. don't mean to cut you off, but you said something really that I want to I want to like capitalize on because you said that you know not everybody plays it, but what fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons has done has shown that pretty much everybody's playing D&D anyway. That's true. I mean, there now, there's is, there, a lot of people. I mean, it, like, I think I think it, uh, you know, pulled back the curtains of Oz. Absolutely. Uh, I'll yeah, agree that. You know, wholeheartedly, I'll agree yeah, that. So, sorry, I think I there's a lot off, of people that have been playing a... D&D for years that have just shied away from even talking about it. Some of the... There's a few channels out there that have exacerbated the level and attention that D&D receives for the good. Right. Uh, I love yeah, it. Like a reincarnation. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like all of a sudden like celebrities are out there like crazy playing it. Closet D&D players have been playing for 30 odd some odd years and somebody just randomly brings up, hey, have you heard of Dungeons and Dragons before? Me and my group play this game and all of a sudden they're like clapping like little girls. <laughs> like, oh, D&D's back! Well, I I mean, I would I would wonder. I, part of me thinks that I'm Gary, sorry that not little girls. I'm I apologize. You get <laughs> I, we get what you're saying. Though. We get the metaphor. <laughs> Excited. I I have a feeling that Gary Gygax is probably in some ways rolling over in his grave right now because he can't stand how like accessible D and D is. But he, I, uh, he rolling over in excitement. Yeah, I know this is like, exactly what times. he would want. I I don't know because if you go back and you look at the history of it, his push was always to make it more complicated, and now it's so accessible and so easy. Ben, last time we had this conversation, you said something to the effect of I can have I can be a DM with seven people at the table and only one of the people at the table has ever played before and has ever seen a player's handbook and seven people walk away with smiles and I don't have a headache and you don't have a headache as a DM because that's huge and and that because we all know that as a DM 
and you have a huge table, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that can be daunting. Oh yeah, I and mean, a even tough for task, a, to even take. for a player, right? That, that's Absolutely, a, that's a topic for everybody. Yeah, that's, when, a, topic. that's a topic. Side you, quest. Yeah, when you've got when you've got a play a table of we'll say even six people, it ends up being like fifteen minutes between your turns, especially the higher level you get. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying that the, it is it is accessible, and I think maybe not everybody should play D and D, but everybody should probably. That I would I would go as far to say that we need to be playing. D&D 5th edition in schools. I'll agree with that. As a class. And I think all of us are on the same page to that part. Like, this needs to be, like, a teaching tool. Like, this rule set, this rule set lends itself well to teach kids and adolescents, and not only adolescents, but adults, period, about camaraderie. Take the rule set even out of it, I think. I, I think... I think tabletop RPGs in general, the whole idea of role-playing another person uh, in, in a social dynamic of other people role-playing other people creates uh, everything that we've just been talking about. Uh, uh, you know, ability uh, the ability to get over social awkwardness or internal conflicts but, and stuff like that. But, I, I don't think the rule set really matters. I think oh, D&D 5e rule set just makes it very, very simple and, and smooth. And I think that's what we need, though. That's why I say D&D is because 5th edition is obviously the current current edition that we're in. But this rule set lends it so even even the simplest-minded person or even the, the, the person that doesn't have enough time to delegate uh, or dedicate a whole fucking... Uh, a month or so into game preparation can be a dm and, and you can you can understand a rule set just by watching a couple youtube videos as opposed to reading a 300 page dungeon master's guide or player's handbook i mean of course you have to know these concepts but you can get the simplest terms from the starter set without a player's handbook or anything like that and play a game of dungeons and dragons and sustain it not only do you do you get the game inside the, uh, of a starter set but you can sustain the adventure that you create in that starter set with only those starter set rules yeah I'll just, oh yeah I'll just go on record of saying I've been DMing for a group of teenage boys for over a year and a half now, and I don't have a Dungeon Master's Guide, and I've never looked at one. Here's the thing, though. is like, honestly, the Dungeon Master's <laughs> Guide is all fluff. It's oh, optional it's, rules. Yeah. Player's Handbook, I mean, if you want to get, if you got power gamers or you got rules lawyers in your group, then that's the one you want to get. But I'm just saying, like, like, okay, so let's take, for instance, like, I had eight people at the table. Three of them had D&D experience. Not a lot of it. I'm talking about, like, one or two sets. You know, everybody knows of the game, but nobody knows how to play the game. Mm-hmm. So as a DM, like, of course, I, I know I know a fair share about it. I don't know everything. Even I get shit wrong all the time, no. constantly. But I'm just saying, like, I was able to run a game off the cuff yep. with nothing mm-hmm. and have eight people at the table interact with me and role play and be a character that they're not every day. You know, like, that's 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 otherworldly to me because you get people to it's like sitting down and playing a game of monopoly in my opinion like you can disguise it whatever you want you can call it whatever you want we can call it just 20 sided dice you know you can call it the game of chance we can reskin it as a game of life in my opinion because life game sucks completely in my opinion let's just reskin D as the game of life mm-hmm. and let's have a, a cert this rule set the starter book rule set because it's a little pamphlet in a, in a game board, you know what I mean, and say this is all it is. They got those, do they? 
Yeah. You can buy, you can buy, it's like, I think they're like 40, 50, maybe 60 bucks. But you can get all the stories. They're, tw- uh, nine, they're $20 at Target right now. Oh, they are? What? Yeah. What? I was what looking at them at like a couple months ago. They're like, you can get, you can get all. You can get the, you can get the starter set or you can get the essential set or you can get the new. Uh, oh, that's not um, what I'm talking about. Oh, what are no, you? No, no. The board games. The D&D board games. I'm not talking oh, about. Yeah, they, yeah, have, they have yeah. the pamphlet. I'm not talking about. the I'm pamphlet, the basic about, rules. Yeah, I'm just talking about like, I, like, dude, if if we repackage this as like this like let's call it life simulator yeah simulation of life and and you can put whoever opened the book whoever thought about being the dm in quotes i'm doing the air quotes like they can put whatever spin on it they wanted you know what i mean they can skin it as whatever they wanted it to sci-fi wild wild west modern day you could you could you could label it as as your college years we could do saved by the bell the college years mm-hmm. whatever you wanted you know what i mean you could you could play this game however you want it based upon the, the the rules and you can reskin everything in there as whatever your system or your genre not system your genre wanted it to be yeah you could call the green dragon that's in the starter set the fucking jock on the football team the quarterback Oh, easy. You know what I mean? You yeah. could call them the fucking, if you wanted to be a group of outlaws, you could call them the sheriff. Yep. You know, Or the black spider. You could call them whatever you wanted to, too. You could call them the principal. You could call them the fucking, the boss at your job. Yep. I'm talking about like, this system lends itself so well because it's so simplistic to team building exercises and, and, and basic communication skills through human, human interaction. Well, and I would, I would say, so there's a couple points I want to make real quick is, is that what, what's, why? I don't think we can throw the rule set out is because there there are times when the odds are stacked in your favor to a point where you can't fail and you still roll that natural one and guess what sorry you failed right um and maybe that's a house rule thing that we do i think that is a house rule thing because in in fifth edition a natural one plus you can't critically fail a skill check you can't critically but uh, we don't play that way either no we don't play that way but i'm just saying but i'm your just saying chances like, are really low at that point yeah you're really really low at that point of of not doing good but let's say the dc uh what is that difficulty challenge or dice check or whatever that stands Dif- for difficulty check yeah so let's say the DC's 15 and you've got a plus 12 in, I don't know, whatever, and you roll a natural one. Well, guess what? You're a couple short. You're a couple short and you didn't get the job. You were the right candidate. Everything was right for you. You were wearing the right suit. You were aware you had your resume was perfect. They didn't like that one answer you gave. You should have farted. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Pretty much. Shouldn't have farted during shouldn't the interview. Possibly. And it, it, it tastes like, bad. Yeah. It tasted like uh, onions. And you know and what? Ketchup. The worst thing is that everybody was wearing a mask and they get caught in a mask. <laughs> And they were, yeah, but you, you, you get the point, would, right? You think the mask okay, would, so, would like but block it out? No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Really it does. it makes it, it worse. But, but this is this is kind of the point. Is like, okay, so yes, you failed, right? But instead of being by yourself, you're with a, a group of a group of people. Well, you guys have to figure out with whoever's left over how to overcome this challenge. And what's great about that is it it does create the collaboration of where, hey, I I was your guy to get this done but for some reason i couldn't get it done does anybody else have anything that can help us overcome this challenge the the team building uh aspect of the game is 100 percent there and and this rule set does lend to uh a simple understanding and an easy interpretation of how to play 
what to do. I struggle I, with the team building thing though, because, and the reason I struggle with that is because it's, I, I have this like negative connotation with fly to the Concords, you know, team building exercise, 1999, you know, where it's just like, and maybe it's from my corporate background of like, you know, team building. It's like, it never builds the team. No, oh no, corporate. I, but I've done like, so many of those at, no. Yeah, they, I can't have, stand. Do you ever feel close See, hold with your on, hold on. But here's the thing, though. Like, I, think, I, I think I've literally I done think, the trustful thing. I think no, I dumbest think, thing in the well, world. Hold on, I think I'm I'm the ultimate team guy, though. Like I I find myself at my current job as as like where is the team aspect? Totally. Like, I'm I'm like you know what? Like we all work in a production job where we're expected to fulfill numbers. And we constantly fall short of those numbers. And I'm like, look, if everybody would stop worrying about their own individual numbers and put the 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 group first or the the project first, then we probably f- fulfill not only the group's numbers but every individual number as well. Yeah, so, and and but that that's kind of my point of the why I have this is a completely side quest. Why I have an issue with the team building aspect or the team building label is just from the the aspect of like you're not going to get there in a weekend. And I think with a lot of a lot of D&D, unfortunately, as we said earlier, I think, Ben, you said something to the effect of, like, it's hard to get it past third level, you know? A lot of people have played to third level, and they're like, well, yeah, it was fun. I played it, went over to my friend's house, and I played Monopoly for a night, and that was fun. And it's like, okay, but you need to get into it a little bit. Give a time commitment. Find a group of people that you can play for six months straight. I think that's I think that's part of it, though. Like, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but yeah. I think that's part of, of the whole situation that I'm no, talking about. It sounded like team building to me. But it's, I, I know I just I it yeah I think it's part of it though I think it's a commitment yeah like D and D is a commitment like we make a commitment every other Friday to be here at a certain time for a certain allotted time yeah. and play a game together it, that's it, a it's, huge it's commitment a tough for commitment for, too. for people with families and other obligations it's a tough so, one to make well that, I mean but every, also but that, I do it but also that's why that's why I believe everybody should play D and D is because honestly like think about it. Get some away from their family? No. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, it, it promotes responsibilities. Yeah. Responsibility yeah, and it commitment. Does. It makes you commit to something that you don't know. You were the guy that was that supposed commitment. to pick the lock and you but couldn't guess get what? it picked. Yeah, but guess what? But it also makes you th- like, hey, look, I got this. And somebody brings up something better, but you're like, listen, we're on a six-month campaign binger. I can't fucking go to your party because I have a commitment to be the rogue at this party and pick that fucking lock. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it shows not only while you're at the table, but absent from the table is like you made prior commitments because being in a play group where other people depend on you to be there so they can play their escape from reality mm-hmm. yeah you, that's a lot of commitment and that's a responsibility that that also this game lends itself to you know what i mean i'm and like you said you don't build a team in a weekend no uh, you can't and 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 that that well, goes I don't to think my that's other what team building exercises are meant to do i don't i don't think maybe, maybe not said, i've just been in too many thing, corporate I think, things i think well, so those exercises are geared to that, but you need to do it more frequently th- than just a weekend. No, I don't even think they're geared to making it. I, I think team building exercises are geared to train your brain that it's that there's other people. On that the floor there's other people on you. the floor. Yeah, not and, to build D- a okay, team, okay, but, but to make you understand beyond yourself. And that's where I, I, you, my second point that I was trying to make earlier is the the topic tonight is everybody should play D and D. But playing playing D and D isn't just being a player character. I think everybody should at some point, not right off the bat, DM DM because 
There is a completely different mindset that you have to embody that honestly, not everybody's going to be good at and that's okay, but it's important to learn those particular skills, not to sound like Liam Neeson from Taken, but a certain particular set of skills acquired over a long time that actually makes you a better employee, better friend, better boss, boss. I mean, all kinds of things because you're like better spouse. You're like being the DM, which Ben, you, you're the forever DM. Sorry, but like not no more, not no more. Not I'm, no more. I'm taking over. I got right. people coming out of their shells. Watch out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be running. Spread your wings and fly away. And hopefully I've run this throughout <laughs> as long as the other two can make I'll, it. I'll be there. Cause Ben don't want to DM no more. Yeah, if the other guys don't make it, you guys are both running two characters. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but but I'm used to having conversations <laughs> with myself. <laughs> but at, you you get to that point where and and I'm sorry I'm kind of losing my my train of thought here. But Ben, you you have to facilitate. And yes, you have a story that you want to tell. But really, you're just facilitating us telling your story, which is really a weird thing to think about because yeah. it's not about you. And that's something you've taught me is like when you show up to the table, one of my characters, the players one of my, are the story. Yeah, one. My, DMs the world. One of my kids came up with like one of the craziest ideas in the world, and I was gonna tell him no. And Ben, the first thing you said to me was, "You screwed up already. You can't tell a player character no. You gotta just make it work." And it's like, <laughs> crap. That's that's that, actually true. Like I, and that might be a topic that we we debate yeah, on, I don't which know. is fine. But like, there's something to that. Is like. How do you how do you have be a DM and make sure that the player characters have fun? That's an entirely different skill set, but yet just well, as equally okay. as important I, that I, everybody should experience. I think most people that are going to be watching this will know this reference, but I think the greatest uh, counter argument to something that just is shouldn't no but no it's not even a no but it's uh, we all know this phrase and where it comes from is you can certainly try yes. And I think that one phrase, and we all might have our variations of something similar to But I'll also bring up another phrase in pop culture where, you're, 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 where it's, but you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, okay, but hold but on. But if the you DM say that, the- if you say something like that, and they roll, as a DM, you get set the, the, the difficulty as high as you want it to. But I, as and, I, and, you know, and like, at what, oh, at what point? and you just, as you, and you can narrate it like, they roll, say they roll a natural 20 and they got a plus five to that skill. They hit a 25 and you're like, oh man, you just, you just barely got your fingers to the edge of the ledge, but you slip. But guess what? You got to give them something. You gave them a little no, bit. No, no, that's not you enough. Gave them a little, that's not enough for uh, a natural 20 and a 20 and yeah, plus five. You got you you to give, give them something. something. Well, no, the the oh, the but counter you to that into a fucking hidden cave. No, 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 no. The counter to that is you got to make sure in. your description of that is epic. Well, no, to to try to even bef- you you try to stop that before they get to that point. So you you there's a I'm gonna use this ledge to that you don't want them to cross. So it's a bottomless pit, straight cliffs on each side, and it's like 40 feet away because you know everybody's move distance is 30 to 35, right? Unless you got a monk or a barbarian, whatever. But you you know their and distance. So you set this up love beyond their distance. Everything. Beyond everything, you're like, there's a 0% chance. And you display that. It's like death at the bottom, too far to jump. There's nothing. You, you guys no magic users. They got fly. But you got that one guy's like, well, I want to take a running leap and try to jump for that. Okay. All right. Do I say no at this point? 
No, you don't. You let them try. You let them try. You let them try. And, and you hit and that then, natural 20. They hit that natural 20. But here's what I and would give like, them. You know, here, in this situation, here's what I would are say. Are they falling to their death or are they... No, here's what here was here's what I would say. I, I would if they roll a natural twenty, I would give them the ledge. And you know what? I At wouldn't. that point, it's your job as a DM to make up what's on the other side of that ledge. Give them the ledge, but then make them make an athletics check to see if they can pull themselves I think it's up. Way I would too give deep them the ledge because give them the ledge. I know. I I I'm one hundred percent. It says it I, through. I think in the player's handbook and the DMG and a few of the different other campaigns, it says some things are just well, okay. impossible to do you so, some so things have quick. a zero percent chance of success i think we're kind of getting lost in the weeds here. we are yeah, yeah we're, so, we're not so, into everybody should play D anymore no we're not but but what i what i what i like i want to go back to we went on a side quest we did go on a side, <laughs> side quest, quest about side natural quest. 20s Diversion. um no like the the 8.7 percent alcohol <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um no so Trillies are only five. Yeah, well, that's anyway. It's like uh, two. No, no, it's like one. And anyway, uh, no, I think I think what's great about D and D, and what's great about being a dungeon master, and why everybody should experience both aspects or both sides of the screen. I, I think that's why our system that we came up with is is we need to patent pen that. We need to get there first. Yeah, we, we need, we need to, try to try to. We got to try it out. We got to try it out. Yeah. We haven't tried it out. We think will, will work really well. But what mm-hmm. I like about it is is that. It, more than anything, D&D, and I don't know about the other version, but D&D 5e, my experience with it, has shown that, hey, you're not the hero of this story. You can be a hero in this story, but you are not the main character. And guess what? In life, I'm not the main character in my life. I mean, I think I am. but when You could I- be. I could be, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, right? So like with this podcast, the main character- Is definitely me. Is definitely you. <laughs> No, I mean. No, this, I was gonna say me. Oh yeah, right. Well, like, no, I, my affirmation you. card said I was the best. Everybody, I he I, only received that from his daughter. Yeah, I, Ben has been no, pushing it was a, this. It was a random draw. <laughs> random draw. I pulled it out of the deck. It said I am the best. <laughs> That's fine. You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can certainly try. You can certainly try. And but I am Bendy. the best. I'm just saying, like in this podcast, Venger, I would say you're the main antagonist right yeah sure. I, I would i would totally say that now yeah. john and i get the pleasure of being along for the ride not necessarily along for the ride in the fact that we're not contributing members right but we are not the main character uh, no I, would, I don't i don't know i don't even think ben would go times. at all times i think i I think structurally, uh, maybe, you know, business aspect, Ben's the main guy. I don't want to get lost in the weeds again. I'm just using like a really silly example. But I I would think as the podcast as a whole, I think it- The crowd, the group is going to decide who the main NPC is. Yeah, and I- (laughs) Right, right. But I, I- I don't think three of us could even do it without one of us here. But that's why I. I that's it, why we did this. All three that's why us. I brought it up to you guys as a whole. Is because I was like, listen, there's a chemistry here that we need to put on tape or on document yeah, or on SD us, card or whatever. Three of us been doing this for a long time now. For anybody who wonders, tapes are those things they don't have anymore. Yeah, the three of us been doing this for a while. You know, unrecorded, just shooting the shit right but here's yeah. the other thing is why D lends itself to why everybody should play DD in my mind is because i can honestly say like maybe me and john would be friends because we met before D, but honestly like if andy doesn't step to my table if andy doesn't come to the table and play i wouldn't have known andy so andy 
D and D brings people together that may not intru- be be introduced to you other right. than D and D, and also like we've also yeah, come the realization, the realization, the realization, the realization, seven percent realization that that John and Andy might not have been friends even if they did meet outside D and D. Wasn't that wasn't that a thing too? Like, yeah, did we talk no. about that? No, yeah, I think yeah, we had that discussion. I think we had like it was D and D that brought us together, right? So yeah. common interest, like outside, like, outside. I don't think say, we're we're so separate, right? But so, if anybody watches us play together, they would think we were probably the best, best friends, of at, friends. The, yeah. at the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. The, some most of the time, those those guys are the guy, the glue that's holding the group together. <laughs> Yeah. While I'm sitting here shaking my head with my head in my palm, like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> We're, me, Where are me you and Andy are just trying to get everybody on the same page, but nobody wants to. Splitting the party again. <laughs> no, but I, and I, I totally get all that. My, my point being that, that there, D&D helps you. Sorry if I got away from my mic a little bit. D&D helps you as a person work out the ideas that, hey, this isn't your moment. You need to step back and support the person who is the person of the a moment. A role for everybody and everybody has a role. Yeah. And and I think that goes along with, like, I don't think there's a single human being, and maybe that's just my background and my, my way of thinking, but I don't think there's a single human being on the planet that is useless. Absolutely. No, everybody has a role. No. And, and. D&D allows those useless people to feel useful on a regular schedule to show them and give them the confidence. Hey, in real life, I have a use too. I I do have a use. My (laughs) use might be, and this sounds silly, coming to to the table and play D&D and and helping make this adventure. But guess what? That is, we need to, as a society, probably say that is useful. Storytelling, we are a storytelling race. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, and and to how we pass down history. And all D&D is, is collaborative storytelling. It's choose your own adventure with six people at the table. I, I think I think to that point, you know, the people that uh, God forbid, I, I, you know, they they feel useless in the real world or whatever. But D and D can bring them, like you said, some form of unlocks of, unlocks some form of uh, uh, feeling of usefulness just by showing up. But how? How does it unlock that? And, and that's where I think I'm gonna go against what I said at the beginning of this topic. But for those people. They might they might get real good or 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 dive head first into uh, role playing a character and it can help that na- their their buddy out that's struggling with something at home that's playing through some sort of demon you know and you've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people play not not a, a demon necessarily the internal demon that they're having but some sort of fantasy maybe uh and i I wrote down murder hobo here you see that's a pretty common one uh normal normal kids or people playing being able to take out of your aggression without any consequence and it might not even be murder hobo uh level type stuff but it's like you know they're playing some sort of depressed character maybe maybe that's uh a shadowing of what they feel at home and you as a friend you don't know that but now that you see that in their character that you might be able to help them out that way or, or connect uh, dots or and, even, and or even i guess more. that goes to like a, maybe this is a form of counseling well, <laughs> yeah. well, and that's that's what i was saying about yeah. this is like okay so you are allowing like 
the one thing that I see with teenagers the most is is they aren't very good at the the accents and the pretending to be somebody that uh, they're not. Do, right? I suck at that too. Oh, no, I suck at it as well. They're transparent as all hell. They're super transparent, and they call BS. Like I I don't care what anybody says. There is no demographic on the planet that has a bigger BS meter or a more fine tuned BS meter than a group of teenagers. If you aren't in it, they are gonna know it firsthand so fast it's gonna make your head spin you can't fake it with teenagers i don't know what it is about that demographic they're good at faking it but you can't fake it with them it's just something about that what's what's interesting is is that so you have these teenagers that have to fake it in the general pop i'm gonna call it gen pop you know prison because i've been to plenty of high schools lately and a lot of them are starting to kind of look like free range prisons so these kids have to act a certain way they have to be a certain way and then they show up to the table and they play a character that is probably more who they actually are oh oh yeah then well, what everybody sees them as. But uh, okay, hold on, hold I, on. No, no, but I, isn't everybody that way? Like, let's everybody. Every is. character that we've ever made is a little part of ourselves that we wish we were more of. Your very first character, True. your very first character, even maybe your second character or third character, was everything you wish you were. I don't know about or, my first ma- character, but I get your point. Yeah, yeah. Everything my that first I was character, was like my I, first I character. grew up, I my my idol growing up was Indiana Jones. I loved Indiana Jones. Well, named a dog Indiana, <laughs> and uh, I think I think yeah, I, th- I think my first character was actually a Kitsune, wasn't it? You've played so many Kitsune rogues, it's fucking. I ridiculous. only played one Kitsune rogue you, uh, in Rapunatha. What were you? Oh no, that was Tabaxi. Same fucking no, difference. different. But, John's uh, favorite class is rogue. rogue. <laughs> yeah, but that's I I, I don't, I don't know. Have that's a how I class. I just have a favorite race. I'm a dwarf. <laughs> My favorite class is rogue, but I think that that's because I I've watched Indiana Jones, who had to do you know sneak into Nazi castle meetings. Definitely and, the swash swashbuckler. Rogue. Oh yeah, it, yeah. you know. Cave dive, no. going into caves, fighting people, figuring out puzzles, traps. You know, the penitent but man the, will but kneel. But at the same time, Indiana Jones even having an adventuring party. Yeah, he was, was an adventuring party. No, no bullshit. <laughs> because he got his dad. In every movie, he had a sidekick. Oh yeah, or a couple of them, a couple of NBCs that helped him along the way. Um, he had very many resources in people. Okay, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. But my first few characters were all. Did you hear my the dreaminess idol. in John's voice when he said he was? An <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, Indiana but, Jones. And I, get, I get what you're saying, and I'm not talking He's about wanting to role play or be your hero. I'm saying that inevitably, no, but your I, personality, your true personality, comes out in those first characters, where because you have the excuse to say, "Well, I'm just playing my character." So, therefore, people can't be like, well, you're doing it wrong. Well, you can't tell somebody that they're living their life. And that's why everybody should play D&D is because yeah. nobody can tell you you're doing it wrong. So, so my point being that, that you've got, you've got these, these young men and women that are in high school. They're playing D&D and they're, they're, they're working through stuff, as you, you put it, John. Like, I see a lot of that happening. I, I bet you do. With dealing with a lot of teenagers, I imagine you, yeah, you see a it, lot of working through some really they're weird... They're not doing it intentionally. No, no huh. I got a question. because so I wrote, it just comes I wrote out. something down earlier when you were talking about this. And, you know, this really playing out 
playing out your your inner self that you don't want to express to people. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it a lot. You know, I'm in a few different Facebook groups, and I see this topic come up a lot and how people deal with it. Murder hobos. Yeah. That's a lot of first-time players tend to be murder hobos. I would say that there's something going on. And I'd on imagine there, teenagers probably know. more so. I don't than, actually okay, know. Hold on. No? I don't know if that if murder hoboism is is a direct correlation to human thought, like the deep yeah, in, inner divings of what they're dealing with, or if it's a direct correlation with video games per se, is that we're brainwashed to say the game wants me to do this, so therefore I'm this is how I how I get the objective. Oh, if there's a like guy the, in front of me and I've got my weapon out, I'm supposed to right, kill him. This game says I should kill him. But in D&D, you're not exposed to the open sandbox of possibilities uh, or you're not hinged by the code of the game. You are in a sandbox of open possibilities. You can endless possibilities. You can talk to anybody you right. can at any point that in dragon time. That you're yeah. not going to, and you can say, "I'm not afraid of you," and you don't even have to draw your weapon first. But I, yeah. but I think from from just or reading, are we reading people's society that doesn't know how to talk anymore, and our Ooh. first inclination is Oof. to strike. Sick. Deep I think, topic. Honestly, I Deep think. Deep topic. I, I think murder hobo and the the philosophy behind it i could probably talk about it for about this an hour sub, i think a it's side a, quest? That's a topic. side quest or another right, that's we'll, another we'll, we'll bookmark that i one. just I, all i, I have to say one. is yeah everybody playing you you might find personality of a person you thought you know pretty well the, to be kind of like Whoa, but here's the other thing is like i've been a part of, of groups i've been a part of groups where i mean where i think i did that groups, once <laughs> Those groups have we exhausted have. every avenue, and the DM doesn't give them anything to go on. And all of a sudden, the group is just like, fuck it. We're going to kill everybody then, because you yeah. haven't given us absolutely anything with everything that we try between the five of us. Yeah, you don't. Is it a product of DM? A product of frustration? Bad story? Yeah. Well, I, we don't know. I think it's a product of, of uh, it could, it could be, a, be. I think it could be that. But I also think that there is there there is something in... I will, I'm an American and, or, a, you know, yeah, an American live in the United States of America. And I will say that there is something about our collective cultural mindset that aggression is a bad thing and it doesn't accomplish anything. And I think that there could be an aspect from this really weird philosophical side of things that that's what murder hoboism is doing is peeking that out of like no aggression actually can accomplish things and it aggression in itself isn't a good or bad thing it's a neutral thing it's how you use it now the other the other aspect that i i think is because you see the murder hobo being either the long time player or the new player the new player doesn't know the rules and they think they're just there to mess shit up so they show up and they start killing stuff the old time player is done bored. is bored and dealing with stuff and they're like this group sucks this you're all a bunch of new people that don't know the rules yep. you're not playing yeah. my play style and i'm gonna fucking take i'm gonna the, kill the shopkeeper the to, and run away or, or uh, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna kill the shopkeeper well, is and i'm gonna see what the dm has to roll leadership with it because i I'm think i should ti- be the dm hold on wait here's one for you guys <laughs> I'm tired of this level 10 campaign. I'm going to take the magic items and the boat and run away. You guys try to find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, I, uh, we, can, we can even go to what we were ninth level, owned a town, had how many, how many people? Because we all took leadership. 
Flaws of Pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but Pathfinder I, leadership foot feet drop is a red broken. Or drop, drop a black dragon on you, almost kill it in three hits. It tries to run away. We chase it, kill it, and we never see the DM again. But I also would say, going back to why everybody should play D&D mm-hmm. is that these particular failures that I think anybody who's played D&D longer than a year has gone through. These are things that have probably made you a better person in reality if you have taken the time to actually think through these things. Or reflect upon them. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. And reflect I, upon I think, them. Yeah. Think, I think and reflect. Yeah. Like, how could I have made... Like, take it, like you said, taking the time to actually think it through some of your actions in the game, why you did them, who you're interacting with, what, you know, the, the, the circumstances around it, I think that actually develops you outside of the game. And and to, uh, this is to your point. Yeah, uh, it develops you outside of the game and gives you maybe scenarios that you wouldn't come across on your own. A retrospect of how um, you retros- should think yeah, things through, or, yeah. or the flaws like in in which you were thinking things through, and now gives you another way to. Yeah, think things you make through. a mistake in the game. You think about it afterwards, like, mm-hmm. oh man, I. Maybe if I just said this different. Or if I would have just asked that one more question. So now every time you approach a situation that you're unsure of, you ask one more question. Simple but weird things. You know, I was trying so from, hard to dis- disagree with the topic just so I could be that guy at the but beginning. But that's why at the beginning I, it says we all should play yeah. D&D because, <laughs> because we got you. But going back to the part about the why I think everybody should be a dungeon master as well is, is that you start to see the failure or the breakdown of a group from the other side of the screen. And you start when you go into the player mindset, you realize that sometimes these groups don't fall apart because of the DM. It's so easy to blame the DM about all this stuff. Right. But the reality is, is you are just as culpable in all of that. Right. Being a DM is very taxing on the mind. It's it's a lot of work, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, trying to get one character to roll three D one hundreds for two weeks is yeah. Fuck my During life. The holiday season, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but but you you being a DM, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a seat at the table that does not offer the opportunity for the lowest lows and the highest highs. When a session goes well, I don't care the characters. They're gonna be like super stoked about it but the dm is going to be the one that's going to be like pat myself on the back they're gonna bitches. yeah they're gonna be like this is the best thing ever i can't wait i'm not even going to go to sleep tonight i'm going to plan the next session right and, and the next session blows up in your fucking face it does and it's a complete hey. destruction of like everything my campaign? and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> no what does the brooch look like <laughs> Dude, that, that rock blew up in my face i don't think it did first I, session i thought the first session was epic I thought we did a good job on the second session. Second section. Kept second second section. I thought I failed horribly. You get my point though, right? Oh. It's like it's like you need to be able to see both sides where failure success is a collaborative process. And, and so is failure. And so is failure. Yeah. And everybody at the table, and that's also why I think that everybody should play <laughs> D D is Amen. because guess what? A group of people coming together to solve a common problem. And when that problem gets solve through collaborative involvement everybody applies themselves accordingly or like lends their skills accordingly to solve the problem when everybody does that as a group and you realize that hey look this was so much easier than me trying to accomplish it by myself because I'm not efficient or proficient in all of these things when I can lend myself 
my proficiencies and my efficiencies to a group-based system or a group-based problem mm-hmm. where everybody else has has things that they're good at and the, and the success is, is benefits the group on as a whole those are the best successes like think about it like think think about american history the best stories or the best successes are told by a group of people that don't belong together that don't belong together or that didn't belong together at the beginning but found themselves together by the end yeah <laughs> I, I, that's that's the uh american revolution yeah that's the opinion you gotta, of what we're going through like at two this dozen moment. guys that in no way or shape would have talked to each other. But also what we're facing in society as we speak. Yeah. People that don't think that they belong together but have been battling together throughout their whole lives. Well, that's one of the things that I like about working with the teenager side of it is, is that typically have a good mix of like the jocks, the robotics kid, the goth kid, the, the glee kid, you know, like. Just this really weird group of kids that the only reason they're there is because they know me and they think I'm cool, which God forbid many people continue to do that. (laughs) AG. Yeah. No. And that, that's the group that calls me AG. Um, but they, they think I'm cool and they want to come play D and D and then they meet these other people and they realize, oh, they're not actually that different than me. Right. They have different interests, but that's it. They're still the same person. That guy, that guy looks theater, but actually, you know what? Besides theater and football we actually like the same thing but at the same time like <laughs> yeah. that doesn't mean that you're a bad person and we can't be friends no, no that's no, what's no, great that's about the, it yeah, yeah that's that's what's awesome about this it's like is, oh wait a minute oh wow that, that kid that i thought was like really weird and i was afraid that he was going to shoot up the school he's actually a really cool kid and right. he's probably and one of the I'm happiest people about, i've ever met and now i'm more worried about my friend who keeps telling me about these people that's going to shoot up the school yeah and he's probably the one that's going to shoot up the fucking school yeah you know i mean not to make light of of that kind of thing but like you, you start to see these connections being built. And I think ultimately, as I fully believe fundamentally in every fiber of my being, that humans are relational beings. I believe we are pack animals. I believe we Did are Did you said at the beginning, we are storytelling creatures. We are storytelling creatures, but you can't tell a story in a closet by yourself. You've got to be around no, other people. Uh, and you, you got to have people If you tell a story in a closet to. by yourself, you're just leaving cave drawings. And that's yeah. a form of storytelling. But you had yeah. somebody to look at. But it's up for interpretation. But see, thousands that, years later, that's what's that's what's beautiful about this game everywhere. is is that it almost forces that kind of hey, we're actually not that different. No, it get it's get it gets rid of it. Period. Because yeah. guess what? You don't have that that mantra floating over you anymore. Oh because yeah. Because once you once that goth kid creates the orc barbarian, he's no longer a goth kid. Once that jock creates the freaking gnome artificer, he's no longer that jock. Well, you know, and even even beyond be the characters they create, you get you get like for your, the teenagers you play with. If you're having such an eclectic group, you get that eclectic group into one room at around one table. Mm-hmm. Forget the game, rooting you, for each other. They're all here. They all know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the football player. I'm the theater kid. I'm the, I'm the band member. The, mm-hmm. the backlash can be I, freaking like I, devastating. I, the, they all know we're here together to play. Play an imaginary game. We are playing pretend. We are going to play pretend. We all enjoy it. <laughs> and we've all found that we all enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Regardless of our social status within the school. That's without the game. You know, that that's not even the game. Like the Sports characters you create or whatever. You know, that's... 
That's just that's just actually sitting at the table looking at each other. And sports and can't do that. And no. And that's a commitment because they're committing to every time you set a precedent of when the session is going to be, what time it is, and everybody shows up and you don't have an issue with that kind of stuff or, or scheduling Man, I want to come play at one of your games. Uh, me too. I really do. Me I want to come play I just want to DM for these kids. And you should. <laughs> I just want to play in. I want to play character for so, with these kids. So you get a commitment from And from have Andy all, DM. I've never had Andy DM. A society, you know what I mean. You get a commitment from from kids that are get judged on a daily basis. Oh yeah, and you get a commitment from all of them. That's awesome. That's 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 why everybody should play D anD D because it breaks down the stereotypes of what we think. And most of this is in our heads, folks. Like most of our stereotypes exist in our heads. I know everybody has experiences and everybody has um, their own uh, preconceived notions about what um, society accepts or what you're perceived as. But in D&D, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be. And you can create that. But hold on. So you can break that stereotype of your own preconceived notion. And maybe let's say, okay, let's say, let's say, for instance, I am the withheld, withdrawn, uh, silent loner type. And let's say, for instance, like, okay, my first campaign, I play the silent loner type. And I don't like that because, you know what, I see the rest of the group having fun, blah, blah, blah. So the next time I'm going to try to take that leadership role and I'm going to be the boisterous fighter, um, cavalier or battle master in front lines, dealing it out, telling the cleric, hey, you should heal that guy over there. Mm-hmm. And and I like that. So I like that so much that in my real life, guess what? The next time the teacher asks me. I'm going to try that out. The next time that there's a question and I know the answer, I'm not going to be withdrawn. I'm, gonna I'm try actually th- going to raise my hand. Yep. And I'm going to speak out because you know what? It happened and I like the way it felt before. I'll probably like it this time too. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you kind of touched on there that that I believe when we first had this conversation we we talked about, but we haven't talked about it yet, is the idea that you have the opportunity to make your own person. You have the opportunity to, quote unquote, backfill all of your personal weaknesses that you think you need to have or you think that you should overcome in order to overcome certain challenges in your life. And guess what? It's just as difficult. It's so not, guess if not more. If not more. but cause, So guess what? Maybe you are enough. actually enough and maybe you are equipped with everything that you need to overcome the crap life throws at you. But not only that, not only are you enough, but at the same time, your uh, ability to learn on the fly. Because just like you did in that campaign setting where you thought your character was foolproof, you were able through communication and through the deduction of whose skills or what to learn on the fly. And and 99% because a DM wants to tell a good story, you're going to overcome that. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you have a shit DM where they just want to fucking kill you. But at the same time... It's usually a conversation you have at first. Right. But at the same time, like, you probably overcome that issue. And guess what? If you can overcome it at a a D&D group that gives you the strength to be like, just because I don't have those skills now doesn't mean I can't learn those skills. And the next time that situation is presented to me doesn't mean that I won't attack it full head because I know what to expect. But it also means that I can adapt on the fly. Yeah, maybe, maybe I won't attack it with, you know full head on but i won't shy away from it either right i'll i'll stand up and maybe instead of instead of just being scared and going away from it maybe i'll recognize the situation 
and I'll say, I know people that can help me with this. I mean, that maybe maybe the the best way to say that everybody should play D and D is to look at the teenagers. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. You know, not, not only I'm sorry, not only the teenagers. Just to build on this last point before John has a really good idea, but not only the teenagers as a DM, like dude, like imagination is key. Oh, yeah. And if we focus in on the little people in our world, they'll give us the best ideas ever. The the number one health oh crisis. Oh, my God. I can only imagine taking some some DM storytelling tips from my five-year-old. Oh, yeah. I do from, oh, I do from my three-year-old I know. All I the think time. you've, you've yeah. told me some of all these. All the time. Like, I, I, I would, I would have things that there's absolutely no way With I Mickey can come Bogle. up there's nothing I couldn't come up with some of these well, things. No. What one of the things to this is I mean this is fact. The biggest health concern facing the world today is not heart disease, it's not cancer, it's actually child abuse, which child abuse can be seen as a bunch of different things, but if we drop these kids that are living in living in in very unbearable traumatic experiences environments and we can drop them into something where they can actually have agency and work this stuff out that's freaking huge dude i I, okay based on that uh, john you got a really good idea but i want to just capitalize on on one of these things that andy just said because we're going down listen to all that listen to that we're going down a rabbit hole but but I had a gentleman, one of my good friends, tell me a story the other day, and and it was a very private story, but he didn't mind sharing. Mm-hmm. But um, he told me a story about why he thought that he acted, or he, he did something, and it was an enlightenment experience where he found out why he acted the way he did towards, towards other people. Mm-hmm. And it was something that happened to him when he was a kid. Yeah. That he had locked away for a long time, and, and, and most of us forget about that. Yep. So... To be able to open up those those wounds or to revisit those situations through a game, the guise of playing situation, pretend. you yeah. know what I mean, like through yeah. through the eyes of imagination. Yep, that's powerful stuff. That's powerful therapy. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing it work. And and honestly, I'm I'm one of those people that believes everybody needs therapy. Not because everybody's screwed up, but everybody has something they're working on and they're not meant to do it alone. I don't necessarily believe it's therapy that they need. I think they need an outlet to communicate. And I would say tomato, tomato. Yeah. Okay, but I, I don't want to give it yeah, that word. Yeah, that's I I, w- I would say I I I I'm ag- I agree with D&D, both of you. I agree with D&D both of you. D is my therapy then. Yes, it I agree with be. both you of you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't get therapy, but at the same time, I play a lot of D and D. Well, I play D and D with you guys. I don't know if it's enough or a lot, but I play D and D. I don't even know so for us, honestly, if the D and D is therapy. I think it's the hour and a half bullshit <laughs> session we have. That's why we're doing this right now. Yeah. But, but okay, so John, you wrote down something and you just showed it to me. Like, let's build on that uh you know you you brought up andy uh skill building and and somebody you know fearing uh uh trying something but in the game they succeeded and it felt good and then outside of the game they you know what i might try that again well there's something i've since i was a little child uh based a lot of my my life on was failing i and, and learning from that pretty much everything i've ever done i've failed at even rolling dice. <laughs> oh, I still to this Sorry, day. I could oh, not. <laughs> still, I, I mean, if if you could fail at rolling dice, that is me. Yes. Uh, Sorry, that was you. Were, you know what? Unless I'm at a casino, <laughs> I'm actually pretty good there. <laughs> He's only good at the six siders. 
Yep, yep. Uh, but no, failing. Uh, I, I think, I think failing gives and, and is such a skill builder. Mm-hmm. And totally agree. D and D is a safe place, place to, fail. to fail. Yeah, you could, you can try social interactions that you never thought you would attempt, or even the most obvious solution to the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like let's let's say like 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 let's build on what Andy said where like you build a character to supersede everything that you think as a person you fail you you lack in. Yeah. And even when when you come up to those things that you think that you should supersede and like oh I'm I'm going to fucking blow this out of the water. This is exactly what I'm yeah. built for. You got you got rogues uh, the rogue thing I can't remember what it's called where they get a 10 on everything no matter what pretty much. Oh, uh evasion? Ex- no, it's no. Uh, no, it's uh, reliable talent. Yeah, reliable talent. talent. Yeah, I think that's okay. a feat. So, so you get no, it's a rogue uh, ability. So you get you build your character like this is my shit. This is my jam, and then you you roll that one or you fucking fail at it. Let's just say the DC was astronomically high, like you said. But then the group, you as a group, you find a way. It's like the guy on Jurassic Park. Life finds well, yeah. a way. Well, yeah. No, I'm mean, to that <laughs> point. You fail at something that you should be exceptionally good at and you failed at it now comes the problem solving yeah. okay but back you up you gotta yeah. really really problem solve like alright I gotta come up with another way to do that same what's thing that, what's that solution we're not going to go through the door we're going through the roof <laughs> yeah but I would I would even say when you f- like failure is like in D&D a sliding scale we've got an either or either you pass or you don't it's very binary right but let's say that the DC is 25 and you roll a 24 well you still fail but that doesn't mean you did a bad job but that's life too yeah. that's what makes that's my point yeah is is hey there's gonna be times where your best it's not that it's not good enough it just didn't cut it was, it. It was great it was it you were just great. didn't succeed and and that's not a failure on your point no it, it, but to to my original point based off of your uh success succeeding on a skill check story yeah my failing on a skill check story is even if you know you fail at something and you're you're like you're that that kid that uh, kind of internal everything know, is my fault I'm you know on it. And, everybody. and and you do you're like all right i'm gonna take a step out of out of my my comfort shell and i'm gonna try something in the game in the game and you fail at it. Mm-hmm. And the DM's like, oh, yeah, that didn't. But you realize something. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, Failing I mean, it wasn't that you bad. Don't, you don't dwell on it. It's okay. And, and there's other stuff yeah. to do. Move on. Well, and that's, that's what you learn in the game as that, you know, yeah. I'm going to go to that. You that, turn the page. Yep. You're like, okay. Well, then when you go into real life, that kid goes back into real life. And they're like, you yeah, know, okay. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try this. And if it fails on them, maybe they'll revert back to that time where they failed in the D&D game. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, it failing wasn't that bad. Yeah. I, I, I was able to continue on like normal. Yeah. And they, in life, they do that. Yeah. And, it, and I, I think it, that, it, I think that's the, the I, I don't even know the word. It's it's the anti, but it's the same as your success. No, it, it's exactly what you're saying. My my biggest joy in D and D and working with teenagers in D and D is that it gives them a certain outlet to be a relevant human being. It gives them a certain outlet 
to realize that their particular... I think uh, as a teenager, I remember being so defined by the things that you enjoyed, whether it was your music or whatever, right? Like it, it, it wasn't even oh, yeah. just that. It was just yeah. Like, it was totally your interest. You, you shop at Hot Topic, and then and it was you listen it was also music. the, the thing people is, that you surrounded yourself. I, with. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was the same for you, and and I think it was. You, you can on the surface you could put it as you you're you define yourself as the things you're interested in. I, I I take it a little step deeper. I think is you defined yourself as what you were trying trying to find interest in because i dabbled in a lot of different things music styles yeah all yeah, this yeah. and they were fleeting super fleeting but when when you're when you're Spill our age right you realize like i can like this type of music and dress this way and drive this car and and those play things, this game and play this game and those things don't have to connect i can just enjoy these things because nobody gives a <laughs> right <shit. laughs> that's what you find they don't i think i think that's the biggest aspect of coming from you know being a teenager you know a young adult to an adult is that realization that nobody fucking cares nobody really fucking cares at all no i i, I go to i tell all these like 40 50 year old guys at work that i work with that are you know crazy smart engineers and i'm like oh yeah i play a DD game they're like oh that's cool they don't care one guy's like oh i used to play that back in the you know early 80s i was like yeah. oh yeah it's not the same game, but they're all cool. He's like, yeah. Anyways, they don't fucking care. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> Nor do they have time to. No, because they got their I own interests. I think that's we a lot. We all have our own interests. Yeah. But I also think that realizing, especially as, as a young adult and teenager, they're realizing that you can have things in common with people otherwise labeled as opposite of you or different than you mm -hmm. those one thing that you have in common can be stronger than every other label that defines you i you know to the everybody should play D, &D is i think D, D, like you said earlier with your with your high schoolers is a whole bunch of people that have nothing in common D, &D can give them something in common and realize that their differences are not that vast they realize not that they great. have a ton a in common wasn't there a movie made about this i feel uh, like this breakfast was club? a yeah. breakfast club, <laughs> breakfast club. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like yep. This is exactly what <laughs> they just didn't use D and D, should, but yep. Not everybody should go to detention. Everybody should play D and D instead. You find D. out that no matter how different you think you are, you're really the same. You're really inside. the same. Well, and 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 that I think is the great place to just leave it is is that D and D is the connective tissue. If I was going to write a thesis for this episode, D and D is the connective tissue that brings people together, that allows them to understand that their differences are far less impactful than their similarities and at the end of the day people just want to connect and they want to have fun and they want novelty okay <laughs> john john took that hold on john took that and then went with it in a different way but i was actually really listening to you and then you said that and the lyrics just popped in my head i, I, like, I know but great and i heard that <laughs> but but it's it's that hey um I think that guy's a lot different, but he's not. And at the end of the day, I want to be part of something and novelty's great too. So why wouldn't I want to spend time with people that um, aren't like me? Because if I'm in an echo chamber all the time, and that's, I think, one of the biggest problems in the world today with algorithms on social media, with people living in, in areas where they're they're very like a lot of the people that they're mm -hmm. living around and no knock on it that's just human nature that's fine 
but there's no sometimes novelty it's anymore. Forced. Sometimes it's forced, but like, but how? there's nothing stopping you from expanding your horizons. No, and I mean, it, but, but like you're saying though, there's nothing also wrong with staying in your echo chamber. I, there, I, there isn't, but there isn't. I, there, but it's a lot of fun to go out and yes. look at the kooks. Absolutely, right? Who doesn't uh, well, like the people? I mean. Watch? I, I love I, people watching. I love my own echo chamber as much as anybody likes their own echo chamber. But one thing I do like is listening to other people, listening to their, you know, quote unquote, echo chambers. Well, what's fascinating and, is is that, and possibly getting an idea that maybe like, okay, you know, maybe I'll I'll open up the door to my echo chamber and let some other stuff leak in. But also, I think that that's why everybody should play TV <laughs> because also it allows you and it makes you sometimes well, it forces you. Just the point is D and D kind of will to to listen to other people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because just Definitely. like just like when you rolled the twenty four on the twenty five DC and you couldn't succeed, now you're at the mercy of everybody else because you tried your hardest. Oh yeah. And now you have to figure out what else can somebody offer to help you get past this, whatever it is in front of you. Well, and I, I, I don't, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because who cares? It's like, even from a political standpoint of people, like you're going to meet people. Brought the P word in it. I did bring the P word. I know we're not supposed to talk about religion. the and, right one. <laughs> yeah. Religion and politics. Sorry, guys. Um, but like, I think one of the things that D&D also helps is like, nobody almost made it. No, nobody's talking about that stuff at the table. We're rolling dice, we're having fun, and we're killing dragons. And guess what? When you get out of your comfort zone and you go out into the world, you probably will find out if you can learn through D&D, which I think is the best way to do it, that, hey, you two are trying to solve the same exact problems. You agree that there are these two, these th- this thing, you agree on the problem. What you're disagreeing on is the solution. And that's actually pretty good to have this common ground to be like, you right. know what? You're right. Now let's build on it. Let's, now let's, let's work on compromise. It. Nailed so it. So what I just took from you was as citizens, we should force all politicians to play TNT. <laughs> they should be the first ones. Guys. And I think the president should be the dungeon master and have to deal with oh, that. Yes. He already is. <laughs> you get to figure out real quick. There's something about the dungeon master kind of thing that just isn't working with me right now. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> but no, I'm You're just nuking the dwarves. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think that we will <laughs> conclude our first session of uh, Dice and Brews. We'll we had a few side quests. We'll leave you with those parting words. So make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook at Of Dice and Brews. That's Of Dice, the word and brews. And again on Instagram at Of Dice and Brews. Of Dice, the symbol and brews. And until next time, remember, life's an adventure. Roll with it.